Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Praise God. Okay, we continue with our series on the basic foundation for spiritual growth. And we have been spending some time on these foundational studies, which I think it's very important to our spiritual development and our spiritual growth. You know, uh, maturity does not take away the basics. Let's say, for instance, you're an English professor. Now, because you're an English professor, you will still have to make words with the basic alphabet, which is A to Z. All right? You cannot say now because you're an English professor, the letters are more than that or are less than that. The same thing with mathematics. Uh, no matter how powerful, how powerful a mathematician you are, uh, two plus two is still going to be four. Okay, so the basics, the building block of our spiritual development is the same. And we have spent the last couple of sessions talking about the component of a man, what makes up a man. And we did emphasize the fact that man is essentially a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. So the body is the earthly tabernacle of man. The body is the earthly container of man. And having said that, we also emphasized in our previous session that it makes it very, very essential that we pay attention to our spiritual man. We pay attention to our spiritual development. That's the training of our human spirit. That it's very important, it's very essential that we pay attention to the development of our human spirit this um, moment i want to look at the the role of the word now the first thing is let's go to second corinthians chapter 5 is a popular verse of scripture and we're going to read from verse 16 second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16 second corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16 The scripture says that the entrance of his word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. So that means that God's word is a carrier of light. Praise the name of the Lord. The word of God is a carrier of light. What is light? Light is illumination. Okay? Light is revelation. Light gives sight. When, when a place is dark, you cannot see uh, very properly. But when there is light, there is illumination, there is revelation, there is understanding. Praise God. Okay, so Second Corinthians chapter 5, and we are going to read from verse um, 16. It says, therefore, from now on, from, what, from which point is he talking about? You'll find out in verse 16, in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us. 
because we church does that if one died for all then all died talking about the sacrifice of jesus for us on the cross got to pay attention and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again that means that the child of god no longer lives for himself the child of god is now preoccupied with living for another who is that the man who died for him talking about jesus christ now he now says therefore from now on from which moment from the moment we accept the lord we regard no one according to the flesh remember what i told you uh in previous session that now we do not look at people and say this is black this is yellow this is um outside this is fulani a child of god must never talk in that way you must never talk that way you must never live an ethnic based life that's why you see when you are a child of god there are certain conversations you should no longer have you know in sometimes i get embarrassed when i listen to believers and they are still saying you know you know people of our hometown you know they are so conscious of their ethnic origin you what you need to 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 do is that you need to grow more in the awareness of your heavenly citizenship are you following what i'm saying it it should be so dominant something happened um uh, a, a new church administrator we went somewhere went to his accommodation and the landlady asked me where is he from so i mentioned somewhere else you know i mentioned delta state he's actually <laughs> from river state we've been together for years i mean years let's say minimum of 10 years and yet it has never crossed me, my mind to ask him where are you from you know why because it's unnecessary it is irrelevant to my dealings with him are you following what i'm saying i can even trust him more than i'll trust certain people from my place you see the blood of jesus christ makes us stronger brothers and sisters in the faith than our natural blood we must grow in the awareness of that so he says from now on we regard no one according to the flesh even though we have known christ according to the flesh look at this yet now we know him thus no longer you see that is why it is some, somehow not too biblically correct to be placing emphasis on the man who walked the, the shores of Galilee. Paul says, even though we knew him that way, we don't know him that way anymore. Why? Because that man that walked the shores of Galilee has died, resurrected, and is now glorified. Praise the name of the Lord. That's why I don't believe, and I, I'll, I'll say that, I don't believe that that picture of that white man with beard you know that is doing like this that's the picture of jesus that's not it cannot be the picture of jesus i don't serve that jesus that's that's just someone who acted the part of jesus no one has the camera the photograph of jesus you know jesus was not taking selfies in the shores of galilee we must we must be careful because if we're not careful then we begin to move into idolatry are, are you following what i'm saying so there is no human record of the picture of jesus and it's not necessary why is it not necessary we know no man after the flesh he says even though we knew him that way we no longer know him that way now because he is resurrected 
I know some of you are finding it difficult now because you have those pictures all over your bedroom. That's where the problem is. <laughs> That's not the picture of Jesus. What's the picture of Jesus? The revelation of God's word. Amen. God's word is Christ. Hallelujah. Okay. And you spent a lot of money buying that. So you're wondering what am I going to do with that now? Throw it away. <laughs> now, therefore, look at this. Therefore what? Therefore is based on a statement. Okay? So you find two therefores there. The first 16. Therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. Based on the fact in verse 15, he who died will um, died for us. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, the question is, how did the man become a new creation? The scripture says, if he is in Christ. Now, what became new when he became a new creature? Was it the color of his skin? No. Because obviously we know that when a man gets born again, the color of his skin is not changed. Because let's, let's say for instance, a man was a cultist, okay? Then he was involved in, in gang wars. And they, they cut his face, cut part of his face. So he had this long mark on his face. And then he accepts the Lord, the sacrifice of Jesus, believes in Jesus, and gets born again. When he believes in Christ, that mark is not going to go away. It's going to be there. So that means it is not his body that got born again. Are we, are we together? Okay. So his body is not new. His body is still... Or the man was as tall as this. Okay. And then he gets born again. When he leaves that place, he's not going to be as tall as this. Alright. So that means his body is not new. Now if it's someone because... Because he used to be involved in cults right maybe he loved drinking he loved to go out with ladies he loved all kinds of crazy stuff when he gets born again most of the times it doesn't necessarily mean that he would just stop loving ladies or love stop to drink all right he needs to now renew his mind where that area is concerned, knowing that that's not the will of God for him. Am I right? So that means his mind, which is his soul, did not get new. Because if his soul did, the Bible will not tell us in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 that we should renew our mind. Right? Are we together? Now, what got born again? His spirit. So, the new creature, listen carefully to me, does not have a past. You know, some people always boast in that. You know, I'm ashamed of my past life. I'm ashamed of my past life. You have not really understood the gospel. The new creation never have a past. Yeah, but they did this to me when I was young. It's, that's not you. That you is passed away. <laughs> How can Paul come and say, I'm an apostle from my mother's womb? I mean, that's a lie. You can't be an apostle from your mother's womb. You killed some people two years ago. But Paul was strong in the consciousness of the new creation. He knew that Christ had died for him. And in fact, this word new creation is rendered in some translation, a new species of being that had never existed before. 
So your new man in Christ, the inward man, is the man that gets born again. So that man needs to now engage the word to grow up and be matured. And how do we now know your maturity? You start renewing your mind. You start using your body to the glory of God. Now in those times, you were using your body for other things. But now you make that adjustment and begin to use your body for what? To glorify God. Now, how does this man get born again? How does this new creation come about? Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, praise the name of the Lord. You know, stop using your past. You know, people are, some people talk so much about their past. You know, my past, my past, oh, my past, you don't know me. Yeah, we know no man after the flesh. We don't know you. We can only know the man that's born again. Hallelujah. That's why you cannot say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You cannot be both. You are either a sinner or you have been saved by grace. You need to choose one. You can't be both. And stop using those words like, oh, you know, no man is perfect. You stop saying those things. He cannot tell you to be perfect if you cannot be perfect. Rather than use your humanity as an excuse for sin, use your spirituality as an excuse for divinity. Don't be looking downwards. Look upwards. Strive for the mark of the high calling. One day, I took took a, a simple experiment. Not an experiment, but I decided to do something. You can try it out. I began to uh, tell myself, I am not going to complain about anything. So I did uh, a month of gratitude. That means that whole month, I never complained about anything. You know? And gradually, it became part of my nature. You know, some people, they complain about the rain. Oh, it's raining too much. Then the sun comes. Oh, sun, this sun will not kill us. Alright? They complain about everything. There's light. Oh, there's too much light. Can't they just take it for one day? There's no light. Oh, why are they taking the light? Okay? But you have to train yourself to rejoice always. You know, you have to train yourself now because your spirit is born again. Your spirit is holy. Your spirit is perfect. But your mind needs to be renewed. So that when you see a lady, you're not looking at, oh, this is the next one that's going to hit my bed. You don't longer see women as objects of sex. You begin to see them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? You no longer see people as things you need to use to achieve your dream. You begin to see them as fellow heirs and co-laborers in advancing the kingdom of God. So you need to now renew your mind. But how did this new creation come? That's where my emphasis is tonight. Romans chapter 10. And let's go to verse... Um, Let's quickly read from verse 1. It's quite a long reading, but let's read it. Brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but are not according to knowledge. So a man can be zealous for God, and he is not, he is zealous, but he lacks knowledge. He is zealous, but he lacks knowledge. Okay? So a man can have zeal, but there is no knowledge. 
you know someone say well let's let tonight we're going to pray but i want us to pray from 12 o'clock he said why are you praying from 12 o'clock he said midnight prayers are very powerful what makes midnight prayer very powerful he gives a funny example i don't want to be saying some things with my mouth no, but if you understand that in the realm of the spirit there is no time you only live in time god doesn't live in time so when you say the angel came at midnight it's for you to be able to identify with the point in time where the angel came i told you this before the, the bible says in the year that king uzziah died i isaiah saw the lord and most of us say well it was because king uzziah died that made isaiah to see the lord and i said that's not right they just used that period to keep dates to say for instance in the year that germany won the world cup i gained admission it, it doesn't mean that if germany didn't win the world cup you will not get admission it just means that you're using that historic event to track time are you following what i'm saying so it, so when you say the angel came by midnight is not because that was when god answered or that is when god answers prayer most it's not you know we have a sense that by then everybody will be sleeping so the 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 traffic of prayers to god might be less you know it's like you want to browse in the internet and say during the day everybody's praying but at night most of us are sleeping so my prayers will go faster it's a natural way of thinking if god needs to if god needs a reduced traffic to hear prayers you need to change god <laughs> are you following what i'm saying so we must not live uh in this earthly way of thinking and that is why the scripture tells us very clearly that the enemies we deal with are not human enemies they are not mortal enemies they are strongholds and mindsets that stops us from embracing the fullness of god that is within us hallelujah the more you renew your mind the more you'll be able to walk in the fullness of god for your life but let's go on for they've been ignorant of god's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of god okay for christ look at this is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes so when i believe in jesus christ it puts an end to the law for me why because jesus fulfilled the requirements of the law you see a lot of believers today they are still trying to fulfill the requirements of the lord so you see that if you look at some of the ways we teach believers it's almost like we're going back into works You've got to pray at this time. You know, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. You've got to wash your feet. You've got to do this. You've got to... There's so much now that you can hardly keep up. But it says, if we believe in Christ, He's the end of the law. If man could achieve righteousness by himself, Jesus would not come. The law was not given so that man would be perfect. The law was given to show man the need for a savior. The law was never given for any man to be perfect. The law was given to show man what? The need for a savior. Let me tell you what the law does. Some of you in this area, you know how the law functions, right? A bike man will carry you here. Okay? Let me just show you the difference between the law and grace. A bike man will carry you here. Okay? And drive 
close to the military post, what will he do? Hey, come on, don't pretend as if you don't know what I'm saying. He will carry the helmet, put on his head, and cross the military post, and do what again? And drop it off. The question I'm asking, the helmet they have asked him to wear, for whose good? For his good. Right? But you know what grace does? Grace knows. So, let's say for instance, so why is that man wearing the helmet? Why is the man wearing the helmet? Is it safety? No, I don't think it's safety. Why is the man wearing the helmet? To avoid punishment. So he's not wearing it because he loves his life. Are you following this? That's what the law does. People keep the law not because they love God. So, oh God, you say we should pay our tithe. Here it is, before you send your divorce to come and collect the remaining 90. We, we respond to God Oh, I don't want to go to hell Okay, I'm not drinking Not because and then we, For instance, I'm using an example When we see people drinking We're like, hey Hey, Jesus I wish I could Just one cup Just one cup Do you understand? It's more like You know, you see people With ladies all over the place Like, ah Look at what I'm missing Oh, Jesus You understand what I'm saying? You're not You're not you, you, It's not like you're avoiding fornication Because you really think you should it's because you don't want to go to hell. So if they say there is no hell and there is no heaven, most of you won't find yourself in church. But you know what grace does? God now says, listen, I'm going to bring Jesus Christ. He will fulfill the requirement of the law for you. And then if you believe in him, it will mean that you have fulfilled the requirement of the law. What he will now do, he says, I will write my laws in your heart and I will cause you to walk in them. That means that a man that has now been trained that is exposed even from his house we wear the helmet not because the police is there but because he now knows the value of the helmet that in wearing the helmet i'm preserving my life it changes your perspective of giving you no longer give because you want god to give back to you do you understand that you now give because you know that it is more blessed to give than to receive you understand that so so the, the scripture says if we believe in christ he becomes righteousness to us let's go on for moses writes this about the righteousness which is of the lord the man who does these things shall live by them but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that's to bring christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring christ up from the dead but what does he say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach and if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it tells us the process of salvation. So I want to say here, a man is not saved because he goes to church. That's very important. Yeah? A man is not saved because he's born in a Christian home. So, you can actually have somebody going to church and he is not saved. If you want to be saved, there must be an open confession and declaration of accepting the Lordship of Jesus and his sacrifice on your behalf. That's the way to salvation. So, that you are a church worker does not mean you are saved. 
That's the truth. That's the truth. You know, sometimes we expect, I don't know whether I should call it, we expect too much from people. You, you understand? There are certain times people will, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying my best now to begin to engage those who are not, who, who I know are not born again. But there are certain people tell me, oh, this guy, I said, but he's not born again. And they say, oh, but he's a church worker. I say, he's not born again. You can tell he's not born again. Your presence in church is not salvation. Are you following what I'm saying? Your presence in church is not salvation. There is a process to salvation which is confessing the Lordship of Jesus and believing in his heart that God has raised him from the dead. There was a time uh, my wife was explaining this to our child, to, to, our, to my son. And when he grows older again, we will explain the gospel to him. He has to. There has to be a day where he consciously accepts the Lord. He cannot say, because my father is a pastor, I'm born again. You don't get born again by hereditary. You don't inherit salvation. Some of you, you don't know if your children are born again. You have never led them to the Lord. You have never preached the gospel to them. You just assume they are Christians. There are no assumptions. You have to consciously sit your children and explain the gospel to them. Many adults, it's amazing when I ask them, when were you born again? It says a long time. <laughs> Even if you cannot remember the date, you must be able to remember an event that led to your accepting the Lord. You can say it's a long time. You know why? Because they don't even understand what salvation is. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Now, verse what? Verse 10. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. So I want you to follow this now. I want you to follow the seat of righteousness. The seat of righteousness is the heart. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, why is it that salvation must encompass the heart and the mouth? Whatever you believe in your heart must come out of your mouth. So if you believe in Jesus in your heart, it must come forth in your mouth. Okay. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Look, look at verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then, verse 14, shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the faith of those who preach the gospel of peace. Not the word, the gospel of peace. Why did he call it the gospel of peace? Because it is the gospel of the reconciliation of man and God. It's the good news that God is no longer angry with us. That he has not accepted us in his beloved. Ephesians chapter 1. So it says that the gospel of peace must be preached. Who bring glad, glad tidings of good things. Now, the gospel is not condemnation. The gospel is, is glad tidings 
or good tidings. What it means is that I know that you're involved in this. I know that it's going to lead you into the wrong path. But someone has paid the price and in accepting that person, you become righteous. Are you still here? Alright. Let's go on now. So then, verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, who has believed that report? Now, look at verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, come on now, and hearing by the word of God. Now, 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 Perfect, perfect. You know, we've been reading this scripture all along. Faith coming by here and I hear about the word of God. Right? So what's the context of this scripture? What faith is he talking about in this scripture now? Is it faith to get cars? Come on now. We've been reading, we've been reading from verse 1. Who can tell me? What faith is he talking about now? Faith in what? What does it mean? What is faith? Faith means to believe. So he says, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What faith is he talking about now? Faith in the gospel. That as you hear the gospel, right? Which is the word of God, which is the gospel of peace, which is good tidings. Faith to believe that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus comes. That means, without the preaching of the gospel, people cannot have faith. Am I right? Could you, faith for what? Now, let me explain this to you. You know, you know, we use our faith for a lot of things, right? Like material things, right? To believe for a job, to believe for healing, uh, to believe for what now? Some of you use faith to believe for wives, right? Should be wife, not wives. <laughs> Should believe for only one. And... Uh, but you know, most of you are not using your faith to believe that you can stop smoking. You're not using your faith in that area. You're not using your faith. Oh, you don't know that people still come to church and smoke? Oh, they do. <laughs> they do. You should use your faith to believe that sin will not have dominion over you. Right? So you don't just use your faith to get things. You use your faith to live righteous. Oh, I'm a gossiper. I gossip a lot. Okay, you now start hearing the gospel. You start hearing the gospel. Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. You hear that gospel. You hear that good news. Let your mouth, let your words be seasoned with grace. You listen to that good news. Instead of saying, this is how my family talks. You know that you're not a new creation. Okay? Okay? Yo, we, we are talkatives in my family. That's why, that's how my first sister left the marriage. No, 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 no. That, that, that no longer becomes your first sister. Your first sister now becomes any godly woman who has lived in the gospel. I, are you following what I'm saying? And then you keep hearing that, and as you hear that, you are beholding a particular image, and by the Spirit of the Lord, you become transformed into that image. Let me tell you something. If you are a believer for years, and there's no character transformation, there's something wrong with your salvation. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying. Listen to this. If you genuinely get born again, genuinely, and you accept the sacrifice of Jesus, and you are now a child of God, as you hear the gospel, there will be transformation. Because you know what will happen? The gospel will now bear faith in you.
to believe what you are hearing from the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to James chapter 1. A couple of scriptures here. James chapter 1 and verse 18. So I'm looking at essentially the source of the new creation. How did the new creation come? How is your spirit born again? James chapter 1 and verse what? Verse 18. Look at this. Of his own will, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. So the Bible says we were given birth to by the will of God. So the new creation, listen, oh glory to God. The new creation is God's will. Amen. I said amen. We were given birth to by what? By the word of God. Look at it. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. So listen, we were given birth to by the will of God, by the word of God. How are we giving birth to by the word of God? We just read that in Romans chapter 10. We heard the gospel, we believed the gospel, and we became new creation. So, the source of our new birth is the gospel of Christ. That's the source of the new creation. The source of our new birth is the gospel of Christ. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Are you getting blessed tonight? Amen. John chapter 1. Hallelujah. This is the good news that God wants us to proclaim to all nations. That men can become righteous. And they can walk with God on the earth again. Hallelujah. And this is not a special privilege of some few. He says, if anyone would come to him. If anyone would come to him. That means there is no one who cannot be born again. If the worst of sinners will embrace the gospel, he will become as righteous as you are. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. Let's go to verse. We're looking at how we became born of his will. Verse 11. John chapter 1 verse 11. This is a study you should take very serious. Get the message. Listen to it again and again. John chapter 1 and verse 11. He came to his own. He was talking about Jesus. He came to his own. And his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right. You know, the, the old King James uses the word power. But the real translation there is right. Which means a legal right. A legal right. You now have a legal right to be called the son of God. To as many as believe, he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. So, when we believe, listen to this, when we believe in the name of Jesus, we have the legal right to that name. We, it's like the power of attorney has been given. Look at this quickly, I'll explain something. To, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood. When he says they were not born of blood, he was also now referring to your natural heritage. Alright? Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man, but of God. That means the new creation is born of God. That means the source of the new creation is God. That means the father of the new creation is God. Now, in believing in Jesus, God becomes your father. Wow. You know, for some of you, you are still processing it. 
Because you have so blamed your natural father so long, you cannot accept the goodness of your heavenly father. Now, this is what happens. My name is Maxwell. My son, my father's name, my our family name is Ogaga, right? That's our family name. Natural family name. Okay. Now my wife, her natural family name is different from Ogaga. So, I tell her that I love her and I want to marry her. That's the gospel. It's good news. <laughs> she believes the good news. And she accepts to marry me. You know what happened? I now give her a right to bear my name. So when you ask her, what's your name? She's not going to say, my name is Mary Laraba Ojabe. She's not going to say that. She's going to say, my, my name is Mary Ogaga. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, when she even goes to certain places, they will ask her, are you Mrs. Ogaga? They will no longer call her, are you Miss This? Because her receiving my gospel of proposal gives her the right to be, to bear my name. And in my name is my authority. So for instance, even if she comes to your house, you're going to treat her differently because you say, oh, this is pastor's wife. You understand that? Do you understand that? That's the way you should treat the enemy. You now have the name of God. You shouldn't be the one running away from witches. It's an insult. You shouldn't even say it. Don't say they are pursuing me. Don't say it. Don't be saying such things. It's embarrassing. No, I'm, I'm serious. Don't be saying, there are things you should not say. Don't be saying, it's like going to say I'm foolish. I, I, I'm mad. Don't say those things. You now have a right to the name. Are you following what I'm saying? It's like, it's like my wife comes to the church and then Tony is the head usher and Tony says, well, go, 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 go back. Then she meets me at home and says, I went, I wanted to, I asked her, why were you not in church when I was preaching? He says, I came and Tony said I should go back. Ah. You know, the problem is not with Tony. The problem is that you have just married an ignorant woman who does not know who she is. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you know who you are in Christ, who you are, that you are now a child of God. A child of God means the creator of the earth and the heavens. That the whole of, you know, as mighty as this sea is, that we all dread, is subject to the word of his command. It will change the way you see your life. You will stop using words like we poor people. Oh no, 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 no. You, you, you haven't heard right. When sickness comes, you will start owning me. You know, this my sickness is since when I was nine. You will stop celebrating the anniversary of your sickness. You know, some people celebrate the anniversary. Say, this, well, this is my sickness now. It's ten years. They have been counting. It's just left to making cake for the sickness. Are you following what I'm saying? You will be aggressive against anything that is contrary to the name of Jesus. 
And you know the beautiful thing about this because before I leave this point, Jesus did not only give you a right to his name, he gave you a right to use his name. Glory to God. That means I'm not only a child of God, I'm not only set free by God, I can use the name of Jesus to set other people free. Glory to God. What a privilege. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. So let's go to First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. 1 Peter 1 23. We've got a few minutes. Wow. Time is going. 1 Peter 1 23. Oh, this is the gospel. This is the good news. This is what we should be teaching believers. Instead of telling them to pack out of their compounds. This is what we should be teaching them. Hallelujah. Instead of telling believers that they are suffering from generational curses. This is what we should be teaching them. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Look at this. Verse 22. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. This is powerful. Let's read from verse 18. Knowing that you were redeemed, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. As a lamb without blemish and without spot. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Oh, thank you Lord Jesus. We were not redeemed by silver or gold. We were not redeemed by corruptible things. Gold and silver are the highest precious materials you can find on the earth. In fact, money is measured with a gold standard. But it says that's not what redeemed you. That it was the blood of Christ that redeemed you. That, you see, when you, you tell people, I have a low self-esteem, this knowledge should cure that. It should cure that. Praise the name of the Lord. That I'm redeemed of the Lord. And I'm redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Now let's go on because of our time. Thank you, Father. He was indeed foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. So our faith and our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we are born of the word. We are products of the word. Hallelujah. I said we are born of the word. Right? We are born of the word that is incorruptible. God's word is incorruptible. Meaning that, oh glory to God, nothing can reduce the effect of that word. Let me say this. Your spirit is eternally prosperous. Are you following what I'm saying? Your spirit is eternally prosperous. 
incorruptible. Nothing can touch it. This thing should become more than mere knowledge to you. It should change your approach to life. It should change your perspective to life. That's why we need to grow up. God is expecting to raise us into the nations of the earth to liberate creation. God is not expecting us to run from things, hide from things, be under the weight of sickness, be under the weight of oppression, be under the weight of captivity. That's not God's mind. That's not God's mind. Glory to God. You know, if, if, you, if you've got a child, well, there, there might be better ways to do it. But if you've got a child, and every time he comes right from school and says, Oh, they beat, they beat me today, they beat me tomorrow, they beat me the next day. You know, one day you're going to tell them, when you go to that school today, don't learn anything. Don't learn anything. You have to fight. Because nothing is as embarrassing as a child who comes back daily beating. I had this twin in my school. I can't forget them. Oh, John, I care. Oh, man, those guys were bullying me. They bullied me first time, second time. The third time, I've said this story before. I was going to school and I made up my mind that today someone was going to die. And it was not going to be me. I was sure of that. I didn't plan. All what they were teaching that day in school, I wasn't listening. I was waiting for a break period. I was busy strategizing, thinking. Nobody commits sin without thinking. Sin is not involuntary. It says sin light at your door. You don't sleep with a girl by mistake. Don't say, I don't know, it was the devil that pushed me. It wasn't the devil that locked the door. It wasn't the devil that sent the text to her to come to the house. It wasn't the devil that removed your belt. Are you following what I'm saying? So don't put the devil in that stuff. It's you. You, 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 It's a corporation. Just as you cooperate with the Holy Spirit to do righteous. So during the break period, I waited behind our class door. And as one of them was going out, I called his name. So he turned back. And I knew that I had only one punch, only one chance. And that would determine if I would live long. (laughs) So I put everything I had, spiritually, physically, mentally, into that punch. (laughs) The guy's nose was bleeding. bleeding. So everybody focused on him. And you know, school, you always have people that would, you know, carry you up like a champion. And you know, the, the other three was concerned about, that was the end of that oppression. Some things will keep on in your life until you step against them and you say no more. You're not even going to say God is going to heal me. You say today is the last day that this sickness takes place in my life. If you don't do that, the enemy rejoices in oppression. The joy of the enemy is that you're constantly oppressed. Are, are you following what I'm saying? That's what gives him joy. Oh, there are certain times I felt, felt the symptoms of sickness. I shut down everything and go against it with everything I've got. Sometimes I felt the symptoms of lack around me. I shut down everything and you know what? Can I tell you something? Let me see my time. Wow. Let me tell you this. You don't there are people that say, Oh, Pastor, ah, I'm so poor. I don't have anything. Right? They'll never pay attention to the word of God. They'll try to go out there to look for money. They're never in church. They're never taught the word of God. They don't know how to live the victorious life. When they get sick, that money they don't have, ask them how much they used to treat themselves. They'll tell you so much money they spent without even getting the victory. 
Wisdom means that even in court, if you are poor, that's why you need to pay more attention to God's word. Because you can't even afford a doctor. And then even if you can afford the doctor, you pay more attention to the word of God. So you can use your money to be of a blessing to others. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay, let me run here quickly. So we are given birth to by the word of God. Let's do one more scripture and then we'll close. Acts. So Jesus said in John 60-63, The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. So this book is a book of spirit and life. So if you find out there is an area of your life where you are not getting the fullness of life, what should you do? You get scriptures in that area and keep listening to them until faith is activated. But let's go to Acts 20.32 and we'll wrap up there. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Acts 20.32. Praise the name of the Lord. Constantly speak God's word over your life. Let the word of God saturate your mind. Acts 20, 32. And now brethren, I commend you to God. And to the word of his grace. Which is able. That means the word of God has the ability to build you up. That means you can grow by the word of God. I like that word to build up. It means to build upon and to build you up. That means you can build upon the word of God. And then the word of God can also do what? Can build you up. That means the word of God can become the foundation for your life. Look at this. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. So the word of God does two things. Number one, this is very important. The word of God will not give you an inheritance it has not built you up into. That's where the problem is. A lot of people want things from God without being matured. What's the first rule of God's word there? What's the first rule of God's word? Hey, come on now, look at it. What's the first rule there? What, what's the first thing it does? It builds you up. The first thing God's word does for you is not to give you things. Hello? So I give you things. What's the first thing God's word does for you? So build you up. Let me give you an example. When you have your baby, okay, is your first role in life to start giving them food so they can do things for you? No. You just build them up. You know that when the child is built up, there will be, be a time you can say, help me with this, help me with that. Most of us want our inheritance without being built up. We don't have time for the word. We don't have time for God. We don't have time to study the word. We don't have time to be committed to church. But what do we want? We want things. We just want things. We just want things. Anything that jumps process will never be matured. If you keep skipping process in your life, you'll never come to maturity. Your spiritual development is your responsibility. That's why I encourage you, when you come to church, get your notes, write down these things, go and study them. You'll be surprised when the word of God builds you up. You'll be surprised. I won't have time to explain this scripture, but look at this. He's able to build you up and to give you. So your inheritance is given to you by the word. I don't know if, you, if, you, if you're following what I'm saying. Hello, are you here? The word that is building you up starts, it's like the word builds you up, right? Builds you up up to this stage. And says, hey, Mike is built up up to this stage. John is built up up to this stage. Felicia is built up up to this stage. And it gives you an inheritance for that realm. It builds.
lifts you up again. He gives you an inheritance. If you are wise, what will be your focus? The more of the word to be built up. Because the more you are built up, what happens? The more inheritance you walk in. Galatians chapter 4. As long as the child differed not from a slave until the time appointed of the father. Although he be lord of all. He's master of all. But he's almost like a child, like a servant in the house. If you are wise, your focus would be in being built up. In being taught the word of God. Have sessions where you build yourself up in the word. Are you following what I'm saying? Have sessions where you confess the word. Wake up instead of midnight prayer. Get up at midnight and read the word. If you read the word, you will pray more intelligently. There's nothing wrong. I get up at night to pray, but I don't check the time whether it's midnight or it's not midnight. You know, people say that's when witches fly. If you have a pastor that has the timetable of, uh, of witches taking off and landing, you better change churches. You don't know when angels move. You know when witches fly. I mean, it's sad. It's, it's sad how far we have come by. I even said I don't want to be saying all those things in my message itself. I'll edit it out. Understand <laughs> that? Have times where you speak the word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Take scriptures and speak them over your life. Confess the word of God. You will find out there is a particular addiction in your life. Stand up and declare I'm the righteousness of God. I love righteousness and I hate iniquity. Therefore God has anointed me with the oil of gladness. Learn to say those words. Praise the name of the Lord. Let me give you a typical example. <laughs> We, we go through this. Let me give you an example and we'll close. We go through this. We, 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 we're, we're going on a mission trip shortly. So, I wanted to book a particular transport line. Okay? So, I went on, online. And as I wanted to book the line, I just read the news that they kidnapped passengers in that transport line uh, just maybe two days ago. On the same road we were passing. The first thing that hit my heart was fear. I just got afraid. So, I stood up then. So my wife said, are you not booking the transport line? I said, no. I said, immediately because as I put the name of the transport line, the news about the transport line came up. I know that's where your mind will go. So I told her, I said, no. I had to go walk on my heart and I'll come back and, and book it. So because if my first response to that news is fear, then, then I need to build up myself in that area. You know what I did? So I shut down, I shut it down. I, I had to, you know, take scripture, speak the word, meditate on the word. And, I, and the next time I came back, I was reading the news and still booking. And I mean, it wasn't an issue to me anymore. That's how you grow up as a Christian. Because you, <laughs> you know what happened? If that fear is in your heart, you understand? If maybe you sit down in that bus, you don't want to trip past. Say, hey, I hope they are not coming. I hope they are not coming. I hope they are. It will be maybe six hours of torture. And if God does not help you, they can even stop that bus. They will not pick only you. You, you there on green shirt, come. He said, hey, I said it. Hey, you said it. Are you following what I'm saying? So, if you are in the house and thoughts of death come, don't just say God forbid. You know, God forbid is not scriptures. Do you understand that? God forbid is not scriptures. Back to sender is not Bible. You know, we have all these things. It is well. You, you understand? Thoughts of death come. What do you do? You go to Psalm 91. In the name of Jesus, your word declares that with long life will you satisfy me. Stop using memory rhymes for scripture. Hey, uh, God forbid. Not my head. 
not my head it's not bible you say what god's word has said do you understand that you don't go to a court and say what you think that's why lawyers are careful do you know why they give lawyers to prisoners because the words of your mouth can jail you you can't go to court and say i don't mean it you know when you say you don't mean it that means you did it <laughs> do you understand so they will tell you that's why lawyers will tell you i mean police will tell you they keep calm because whatever you say can be used against you in the law court so it is better to keep quiet than to talk rashly so when things come against you you get so if you don't know the word of god you will not know what to say so your first response to life is word god's word amen when you hear particular news and fear comes into your heart don't say hey not my life not my life you have not said anything you get scriptures that addresses that area of life it, you know it's like you're a young child and you say how oh, will i see a good husband to marry don't say hey it's not my portion no 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 it's not your portion it's not word you get into the word are you following what i'm saying first peter father your word says that i should be submissive to my own husband that word my own husband means that there is one for me uh, do you understand you speak that scripture your child does something and you ah this child will be stubborn ah you are like your father's people that's no 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 oh you are taking your father's leg again your mother's people are better stop all those nonsense this is not about father's people and mother's leg you get into the word and say the seed of the righteous shall be mighty upon the earth my children are taught of the lord and great is their peace it's not you are like your mother you are like your father no you can't be like any natural man you are after the god kind you are a child of god are you following what i'm saying you have thoughts of accident and you say thousand shall fall by my side and ten thousand by my left only with my eyes shall i behold the reward of the wicked don't say that uh, you know african proverb darkness and light do not see each other don't be a traditional abalist what's darkness and light will not see each, each other Things you heard from Nigeria film, you will not be quoting Igbo proverbs that you are, you are you are speaking. No, that's not. God is committed to responding to his words. The angels of God are committed to responding to God's word. So that means we have to fill our hearts with the word of God. Amen. That's how we get built up. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you this evening. Oh, we ask, Father God, for the entrance of your word. We pray, Father God, that we are enlightened by the spirit of grace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.